Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be able to call you our Father. What an awesome presence, Lord, has filled this room this afternoon, Lord, as we come to worship you, Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, one more time, Lord, we ask that you come tonight and may you just help us for a few moments, Lord, to get ourselves out of the way. May you come and bless your children, Lord. May you encourage them. May you give them strength, Father, for the journey which lies ahead. Lord, may you bless everything that's said and done tonight, Lord, and we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Lord, for you alone are worthy. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Amen. You love the Lord this evening? God's so merciful and good to us, giving us another time to be in the house of the Lord this evening with saints of like precious faith. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'll get right to the Word. I'll try not to <clears throat> be lengthy. I never am. You never know. But we're... Going to have communion here in a little while, but before we have this part of the communion, we'll have a communion beforehand too, where we commune with the Lord Jesus and let him speak to us this evening. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 14. <clears throat> in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that riseth against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. May the Lord add his blessing. You can be seated this evening. <clears throat> I want to read you something Brother Bram says in Wisdom versus Faith. He says, right here in the last days. How many believe we're in the last days? A predestinated church. Who's predestinated? Knowing where they're standing. How many knows where you stand this evening? Sowing with the seed, or you've been sowed with the seed, the Holy Spirit in the churches. Satan, be careful. If I could just for a few moments this afternoon, I want to speak on to you if the Lord will help us. Satan, be careful. Because I believe this morning there was those of you who were prayed for that had victories in your life now that things are going to begin to happen that wasn't happening before and curses have been broken that had been there for years and, 
And the things that you have asked God, God will give you the very desire of your heart. And, and some of us have recognized who we are and what we are called for and why we are placed here. That's why the devil, he better be careful this evening because he's not just dealing with a church, but he's dealing with a predestinated bride of Jesus Christ. She, she's bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. She's life of his life and spirit of his spirit. And the prophet of God said, she is him. So tonight the devil, let's just put him on warning tonight or notice. Devil, be careful. Because we know that Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. And we've seen it in our church. I know you've seen it here. But there is a move amongst the body of Christ where a continuation of the book of Acts has been written. Huh? The revelation shows, Brother Bram says this, the revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. It exposes Satan, he says. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. Amen. That was spoken back in the 60s. Can we bring that up to date just a little bit today? There is a church who has recognized who she is, and she is an invincible army this evening. It's not we're pushing it off into the future, but it is now. Sooner or later, we might as well say it's now. We might as well believe we're part of it. There will be a bride who knows who she is, and she is that invincible army. Hallelujah. In the past few months, we've seen God do so much just in our congregation just miraculous things taking place. I, I know it's not just in our church, but, but when it happens in your church, you're excited about it. How we, we had a brother, and I'll just, I won't stay long on this, but I just got to drop some of these things in. Because Satan needs to be careful and realize who he's messing with. He's not just messing with a nominal believer who only has a limited capacity of what God is and, and how God moves. But he's dealing with somebody with revelation. And when you have revelation, the gates of hell can't, can't come against it. It'll never prevail. But we, we had a, just seemed in the last few months, there was, seemed to be just such a move about a month or two before the meeting started. When Brother Timothy and Brother Jeremy and Brother Bill all come up and minister for us. And, and just tremendous time in the Lord. But before then, it was like it was a preface to what was going to happen. And things began moving in the church, and one night service was over pretty much. And actually, at the end of the service, a brother comes up for prayer, and he says, Brother Jason, I want you to pray for my wife's <coughs> cousin. She's, and he called her name, and I, I won't do that this evening, but he calls her name and said she, she's away from God, and she hadn't been to church in a long time. And, and I know this has even happened here a few years ago with, with uh, Justin Ware. Yeah, where's he at? Is he here? He's not here today. Well, he comes. All right. As long as he's still coming. <laughs> if not, we're going to go find out where he's at and go get him. <laughs> when God does something for you like that, that's supernatural. Right, right. We had something similar happen. This, 
Man comes up, he prays, and we prayed for him, and church is dismissed, and I go around to my office, and a brother comes to my office, brother Jason, my wife, she's struggling. She's down at the altar, you know. She's just really, she's not broke through yet. There's some things plaguing her. So I said, well, when the church is dismissed, we'll go down and deal with it and, and pray for her. Well, church is dismissed, so I, I'd change, and I'd come back in, and I knelt down in the front with her and began talking to her. And all of a sudden, there's people start coming back into church. You know, church is supposed to be over. People start coming back in. More people come up to be prayed for. And it's not long. I, I look up and I notice my wife and, and, this, and this other girl who had been backslid. All of a sudden, I notice she's walking down the aisle to the altar with my wife. 30 minutes later, after we had prayed, there she came. And reminded me exactly of what happened to Brother Justin. And here she come right down to the altar and she'd been driving back and forth by the church. Oh, and she was about five or six times she told my wife. And finally she texted her and said, is Brother Jason still there? I need prayer. Well, I, I tell you today, God's still a prayer answering God. Amen. He's still able to do the miraculous that we can believe. He's still able to heal the sick and raise the dead and do those kinds of things. But we just need more revelation and more faith to believe. That all things are possible. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. And, and just many miracles just happen before people even get to their seats, church. It's because we're living in an hour where it's going to be a short work, a quick work's going to happen. There's going to be a move that comes upon the people that will change our mortal bodies. Listen, we could pray for one that could be healed tonight, die tomorrow, or the same thing. But that does not change the power of God. That does not change the word of God. For believers, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And God is able to do these things if we give him the place. And so many times, you know, I know you get, we get accustomed. We dismiss it and we go home. But what if God wants to move? And we had like three services like that spread out over like two or three months where people would leave. They'd come back in. We'd have church for another two hours. Six people we've had baptized in the last month, a month and a half. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God who's not still yet doing the book of Acts amongst his people. Too many people have got, too many preachers, I'll put it that way, have gotten to the place to where they just want to just say, well, you know, that was for another day. No, I still live in the other day. Huh? But that day has become this day. This day these scriptures have been fulfilled. Right here amongst us in the middle of Lady Wasilla, God is preparing a people to take a route. Right here in Satan's Eden, there will be young people. There will be old people who will rise up in this hour and defeat the devil on his own grounds. Hallelujah. I trust there was many victories this morning, but don't just leave them as victories. Build upon them. Humphrey, right. it's going to be a St. John 14 and 12 church. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So when we're able to discern the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church, and by God's spirit, he says, discern and withstand. Yeah. 
Now, can't fight the devil all bound up. This morning we had to get rid of a microphone, so I got another one this evening. But the, he said, discern and withstand the Antichrist spirit. Satan will be powerless. So then let us just notify the devil again this evening because he hates revelation, but the pride loves it. Satan, you better be careful because the word has come in this hour and it has opened up our eyes. He's given us revelation in the word. He has shown us who we are in this message. He has given us everything we have need of. When he gave you the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he put the rapture in you even then. Everything you had need of was in you when he gave you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's something that ought to alarm the devil. You would think after years and years of time of trying to get a Holy Ghost believer to give up and to give in. You would think for sure, Brother Timothy, he ought to know you're not going to bend, you're not going to bow, but there will be men and women of God who believe the word exactly as it is written and withstand that Antichrist spirit who comes in and tries to make the church cold and formal and starchy and lukewarm. And sometimes I think, well, maybe the reason why all those things happen after service is some of the starchy ones got out of the way and the Holy Ghost had his way. Huh? People come and they sit there quiet as a church mouse. And, you know, there was an old lady one time, she, she went into a church and she began shouting. And the preacher clears his throat <clears> throat> Deacon Borden makes eye contact with him. Brother Darrell, you need to calm her down. Huh? Get her to calm down. They went up to her and said, Sister, what in the world's wrong with you? She said, I got the Holy Ghost. And they said, well, you didn't get what you got here. Huh? There was another one I heard one time about no cowboys showed up at a church one day and he got in there and got the worshiping God. And after church, the deacons told him, said, you go home and pray today. And you ask God how you're to act in the house of God. So he went home and prayed. And he come back the next time. And he acted the same way. And they said, I thought I told you to pray and ask God how to act. He said, I did. And God said, he's never been here. So he didn't know how you acted. <laughs> huh? But there's some truth in those things. People don't want a God that can come down and perform the miraculous. They don't want a God who can discern and a God who can open up the eyes of the blind and a God who can open up their life and begin to tell them what's happening in their own world. People get scared when those things happen. Well, I've had it to happen. Did you get scared? Maybe for a second. But then you realize it's God speaking. God has gifts in the body. Not everybody has the same gift, but we all have the same giver. Amen. Amen. And I've seen God take his chosen vessels. And I remember one time several years ago, I was, I was actually uh, praying about a certain matter. And, and me and my wife, and we were praying. And, and I was struggling with some things mentally. And, uh, not that I was losing my mind, but on whether God still wanted me to do what I was doing. And so I told her, I said, I'll pray about it. And I was preaching for her brother, and I, and I was in the motel room praying, and all of a sudden the presence of the Lord come in. I said, well, I know he's here. It's a good time to ask him. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this situation? 
And a voice spoke to my heart and said, look at the tape you're listening to. And I looked down at the tape. And it was, have not I sent thee. Well, I got pretty excited. Motel room almost wasn't big enough. I get to church. I'm sitting in the pastor's study. And he walks by me and he says, you can't do what you was thinking about doing. And he walks off to the restroom. I said, well, thank you, Lord. There's two. Huh? He says, what you need to do is listen to a man running from the presence of God and standing in the gap. And I went and listened to that, and there was three. Brother Bram told me the exact same thing as the Holy Spirit had already spoke. So don't tell me God still can't move. That's why the devil needs to be put on notice. Satan, be careful. Do you really realize who you're dealing with? It's not that I'm somebody great, but he's the great one. He's the one worthy of our praise. Oh, my hope is in him. If I had hope in anything else in this world, I'd be of all men most miserable. But this predestinated church knows where she stands at. And then if Jesus defeated Satan upon, upon the basis of faith, knowing who he was, he was a predestinated creature, then what about the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ? She too comes under that same anointing where she can speak the word and believe that all things happen. The predestinated bride of Christ. Brother Ram says, the church, the word seed, and everything that God promised to put in the church it's in it right now. Right now. Not coming next week. It's here now. He said, it's even now everything is ordered. The Holy Spirit has been given. The seed has been sown. The evening lights have been shining. The sign of Sodom, the promised Jesus is here. Malachi 4, a predestinated church. Oh, devil, he says. Huh? Oh, devil, be careful tonight. There's people here who have the Holy Ghost. They have victory in their lives. They've conquered the Goliath. They slew the Goliath. They're able to rise up in this hour and say, I can tell you back there what God did for me 15 years ago. But he's not just a God of yesterday. But tell me today what he's doing for you. Hallelujah. You remember Martha come running out there to Jesus and she said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, whatsoever you say, God will grant it to you. Even now. You know what happened? Two omnipotents met. Brother said she had omnipotent faith in Christ, and Christ was the omnipotent. And when two omnipotents come together, something has to happen. And even today, a man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent even today. Did he not say in Mark eleven twenty two, whatsoever things you say, don't doubt in your heart, but believe and it shall come to pass. You can have what you said. Something's shaking. Amen. He said, whatever you say with the creative power of omnipotence of God, knowing that he promised it and he said it in his word, it creates a power that goes out yonder and brings things to pass. Things that is not, it makes them as though they are because two omnipotents have met. And night after night, Brother Brandon would stand on the platform and he would challenge the devil. Right. Satan, you're nothing but a bluff. I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You are only a squatter. You don't belong here. And night after night after night, the devil would be defeated because the prophet of God recognized the position that he had and had recognized the authority that he had with the Father. Huh? He recognized his position. There was an elderly minister one time who was, I don't remember exactly where he was preaching, but he was preaching and he, was, he had a prayer line and he began, he was a message brother, and began praying for people. And a woman come up and he began praying for her and a demon spoke out of her. And he was trying to cast the demon out and the demon said, I don't have to leave her. She belongs to me. So he just reached in his Bible and he pulled out a spoken word book and he said, you know who William Branham was? Yeah. I was cast out of his meetings one time in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay. So if you went out in Jonesboro... You're going to have to go out here wherever he's at. He says, then in the name of Jesus Christ, whom William Branham preached, come out of the woman. And the demon left the woman. But there was another son of God who recognized what his position was and his place was. And he was able to take the word and defeat the devil. Oh, oh, brother Jason, I, I, I'm just a housewife. I, I'll never be nothing more than a housewife. Well, God bless the housewives. We, God knows we need them. I, I'm nothing more than just a teenager. God bless the teenagers. We need the teenagers. Because if time tarries, they're the church of tomorrow. You <clears throat> say, so, well, I, I'm nothing but just somebody. I'm just a janitor of the church. I, I'm nobody, brother Jason. But let me tell you, when you get out of bed in the morning and you drop down on your knees and you begin to pray to God, all demons in hell begin to tremble. Hell is put on notice. There's been a group of young people down there in Louisiana who's gotten out of bed today. They've prayed. They've asked for guidance. How in the world can we stop them? You can't stop them. You cannot stop what God started. And if God started the work in you, he will finish the work in you. The devil calls a meeting. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because we know when these guys, they get it when they're young people. They don't lose it. And then when they get middle-aged people, they still got it. When they get older people, they still got it. Because the Holy Ghost, if God seals you with the Holy Ghost, you can't lose the seal. For you have been sealed till the day of your redemption. Uh-huh, you, it can't be broken. It's like the boxcar there when the seal's put on it. It's sealed until its destination. Hallelujah, thank the Lord tonight that when the seal come down, he sealed you and no man can break the seal. No demon can break the seal. No power of hell can break the seal. God sealed it and be any man dares him to try to break that seal. God put it on there. And you know it when he comes and changes you. Absolutely. What are we going to do with these people? Well, let me tell you what. We better tell you, devil. Be careful. Because no weapon you have formed against us is going to prosper. Well, we'll strike you down with this and we'll cause this plague and we'll cause it. Oh, no. No, nothing's going to come nigh me. No, the Lord's going to protect me. And those that rise up in judgment against me for his, for my sin. Listen, he'll destroy those that rise up against you. Hallelujah. He'll be a father to the fatherless. He'll be a husband to the, to the, to the husbandless. He'll be a daddy to the daddyless. He'll be everything you have need of. My children have been born to my genes, he said. 
Amen. Glory to God. My genes are in them. I put my word in them. I wrote them upon the tables of their heart. Do you realize that even your name is engraved in the palm of God's hands? Huh? He wrote it in there. This is my elect. When David got the victory over the, over the bear and over the lion, the devil should have been put on notice for something. He already knew something else was going to happen. Because God don't give you victory after victory after victory without first, listen, he, he ain't going to put a mountain out there that you can't get over without giving you victories that get your faith built up that you can get over that mountain. And when David comes down here, he slays the bear, he slays the lion. And then one day he's down here and he's, he's going down to check on his brother who were in battle. And he gets down there and he begins looking around and he sees all the camp of Israel's in the tents. And they're all shaking in their boots. Because this nine foot tall Philistine steps out there and he begins to speak. Who will come and fight me? Oh, we're too little. We're too scared. David says, I've had enough of this. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is? Define the army of the living God. Lord, let some Davids rise up amongst us. They won't let the devil be able to defeat the people of God, but to tell the people who they are and who, what their place is in the word. Hallelujah. Listen, church, it's more than just coming to church and hearing a sermon about legalism and about do's and about don'ts. And, and if you don't live this way and you don't dress this way, you're going to go to hell. It's so much more than that. When you fall in love with Jesus, all the legalism leaves. Because huh? now you're down at the feet of Boaz and you're resting. Hallelujah. I know what legalism is. I raised up under it. But I know what it is to be free to worship him in the spirit and the power of his resurrection once he sets a man free. And it don't, it's not that you take grace and make disgrace out of it. No, you keep it right in the middle of the road by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, we're not under the blood of bulls and goats any longer. It's the devil that beats us up and pushes, us, pushes God's children around in the corner and backs them up in there and keeps yelling at them and telling them, boo, 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 until you get so small you don't think you have any faith left. But Satan ought to be on notice tonight because we had a story told to us about a man who kept getting smaller and smaller and then all of a sudden something rose up in the man and he said, boo devil, and the devil got smaller. Boo devil, until they backed the devil up in the corner. And here goes David down. And he goes back and he tells his father, I'm gonna go out and fight this giant. Well, you're gonna have to go to Saul. Comes to Saul and Saul wants to put his armor on him. Well, David's just a little bitty lad. Not very big at all. Come here, buddy. You right there in the blue shirt. Yeah, come here. You come here, Goliath. <laughs> this might not, I might need a newborn almost for this comparison. Here's the enemy towering above God's chosen. This is the chosen generation. 
He's a royal priesthood. He's a son of God. And the devil's been out here making his boast that nobody's greater than he is and nobody can defeat the dead. Nobody can defeat him. But this little man had a desire in his heart. I don't care how big <laughs> this man is. You don't care, do you? You ain't afraid of him, are you? He's not afraid of him. Because something in here tells him he's not afraid. So he goes, you know what? Saul, I can't use your ecclesiastical garment. I can't use your shield. It's too big. I can't use nothing you got so you can be seated. Get out of my life. Not you, buddy. Not you. We're getting rid of the enemy. Huh? God chose young people to use. He chose David to come down. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit come upon David. And David walks down to the brook. As he walked down there, follow me. He walks down to the brook and he picks up five stones. I'm too old to bend over and pick them up. <laughs> he gets them in his slingshot. He's thinking, man, it's a long ways back over to where Goliath is. <laughs> but by the help of God, I've taken this slingshot before I've taken it and I've defeated a bear. And also, God give me the strength to defeat a lion. And God give me victory after victory after victory as a young person. Listen, just because when Goliath rears up his big ugly head does not mean that you have to be scared of him. Because greater is he that is in this young man than he that's in Goliath. Because this young man's not operating the sling by just a mere mental faith. But now he's taking it by the word. And he said, God did it before. God will do it again. God bless you, brother. So he takes the sling, and he, he takes it, and he releases it. And the rock goes right to the only unprotected area. Right between the eyes. i got to be careful using him. If I have him come preach, I'm in trouble. Don't be having thoughts. He's already planning an attack. Oh, but this young man's faith guided the stone that took the Goliath down. So now, how much you think? How much faith do you think this young man's going to have? Oh, he done defeated a bear. He done defeated. He done defeated a lion. And now he took down the greatest obstacle that's ever stood in his way to this point. What kind of faith ought that to do to the church of the living God tonight? God give you victory after victory after victory. He didn't give it to you just to chalk, chalk it up in a book somewhere, but he gave it to you to rise up and to begin claiming the promises of God. Don't ever give in to the devil. Put the devil on notice. Satan, be careful tonight. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you to stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. You must recognize that the God we serve that's in you is mightier than he is. The one that's in you is already overcome for you. Brother Jason, if I could just live good enough, quit thinking about if you could just live good enough. It's Christ that has to do the living through you. You will never be good enough on your own. Never. And if you do think you perhaps got there, something will come along to let you know you're not perfect. Once you think you can achieve it on your own, you are defeated. 
But once you realize Christ has already defeated him, the devil's defeated. Hallelujah. That's what he did at Calvary for you. When he stretched his arms out to die, he said, it is finished. So then it is a finished work this afternoon. And we need to tell the devil, no weapon formed against me can prosper, devil. God done sent down a bleach from heaven. A bleach for my sin and for your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ. Once it's confessed and the sin drops into God's bleach, you try to find it then. Somebody brings up, who's the accuser of the brethren? Satan is. If you truly put it under the blood, march on with God because you're free. Hallelujah. The Clorox sent it back to where it came from. That sin went back to the head of the enemy that brought it upon you. And it kills all the symptoms out of it, Brother Branham said. When sin is confessed and been dipped in man and woman, it's been dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ, it kills all symptoms. Every molecule goes back to the devil and, and laid on to, on to him until the day of judgment where his eternal destination will be thrown into a lake of fire. And God stands justified, and man stands justified, rather, in the sight of God. You never did it in the first place. That's one of my favorite quotes. Regardless of what you've done, put it in his blood. You're justified. You never done it in the first place. Oh, hallelujah. Your old book of divorcement's done been put away and it's dead absolutely out of existence, he said. Even in the mind of God and there you stand this evening as a virtuous child of the living God. Otherwise, how could you come take the communion tonight? You couldn't. You wouldn't be worthy enough. But he's the worthy one. Oh, he took your sin and put it in the sea of his forgetfulness. Oh, my. He says, now you are an unadulterated bride. Word that he washed you by the water of his own blood that become flesh and manifested that he might take you which were predestinated in the bosom of the Father before the foundation from the beginning, the same as he was. He was that great attribute of God called love. Mercy. Aren't you thankful tonight you're justified? Aren't you thankful tonight that it's not held against a believer? Otherwise... Whatever he told you, you'd have to say, that's right. That's right. You're small. That's right. You'll never be as big as me. That's probably right. You don't have to worry about it, though. You won't have to buy tall, big and tall clothes if you're not as big as him. Huh? You'll never be as big as him. You're always going to be a little guy. Oh, no. David, under the anointing. Huh? When the anointing comes, it doesn't matter the size of your stature. What matters is your stand with God. He took your place. Huh? For you were predestinated for him to be his bride before the foundation of the world. The Bible said so. The Bible said you were the predestinated seed of God. And the bride hasn't got any sin whatsoever held against her. May we say what the song says this evening? What sin 
What sin? It's as far as the east is from the west. He took it, destroyed it, and now you're perfect before God. Satan, be careful. Huh? This young man knows who he is. He ain't afraid of Goliath. What do we have to do? Rise up. Take the word of God. Believe the word of God. Don't let the devil come and push you back in the corner any longer. Listen to this quote, Brother Bram says, in the power of the devil, he says, but I tell you when Jesus Christ anoints you, you're not made out of running material. Huh, that's all. Not, not the rock of Gibraltar, but the rock of ages. You climbed up into the rock of, rock of ages. That's God's word. And take your position and stand while the gates of hell is a battling against you with perfect assurance that he who promised it will not fail. Hallelujah. He will never fail. That's when you're not scared. He said, but if I was scared, I'd take off running. But this young man wasn't scared. How old are you? 12? I probably would have been scared of him at 12. But not this young man. Huh? He takes it by faith. I know who I am. I might be 12 years old, but I'm still yet can be a Holy Ghost filled man. I can still yet, like, listen, church, so many times we classify, well, they're going to have to be 25. I had one man tell me, he said, what are you doing preaching? I thought like, you start preaching when you're 33. I guess because Jesus did. Or he started when he was 30. He said, you have to be 30 or whatever. I looked in, I thought, what in the world? No, you go when God calls you. God called Brother Tim to preach when he was 15 years old, and he's still preaching. Huh? That's a hero of the faith. Come on, church. It's somebody who stood the test of time. It's somebody that's not afraid to call out the enemy. Listen, we need more of those men that's not afraid to call black, black, and white, white, and to call the devil out and challenge him and cut his head off with the word of God. Listen, may God raise us up some more men who will be faithful to the word of God. Hallelujah. There's been churches, churches, brides, brides, but there must come one. I say that one is here. Hallelujah. May God give us strength tonight to press on the battle, to look forward. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Look forward. Oh, I remember a God of yesterday. I know God can heal. Let me just let me just show you one where He did heal. Had a little boy in the church. His feet turned out like this, and he kind of walked on his ankles almost. And he's going to have to have braces. And his mother brought him up for prayer one night. I just laid my hands on his legs, on his ankles. Lord Jesus, heal this young boy's feet, Father. He don't need braces. And I felt a little twitch or a pop or something in his ankle. But I didn't say anything. I just waited. After church, I went up to the sister and I said, I believe God's going to heal that boy. She said, I know God's going to heal him. Well, she's already got the revelation. <laughs> we go to McDonald's, and we're sitting there at McDonald's talking about it. And she said, hey, come here, son. And she took his shoes off, and she set him down on the floor, and those feet had already become straight again, and he could walk as normal as any other boy in the restaurant could walk. You want to talk about a revival in McDonald's? 
Uh, it almost wasn't big enough for that lady because she saw what God would do if she only believed. Listen, devil, there's a pride that really believes tonight that don't care what you throw at them. They will believe this word till the end. Brother Jason, you really think God would justify me? God's already justified you. You were already justified in him. No matter what you are or what you've been through, your value never diminished. Even when you strayed, your value didn't diminish. Brother Jason, I need a scripture. All right. The prodigal that they sing about. The prodigal, he come home. He took his living. All that his dad gave him, he wasted it. Threw it away. Had big parties. Had nice things for a season. But he lost it all. And one day he comes to him senses and he's sitting in a hog pen eating slop with the pigs. And he says, I, I could be a servant in my father's house and be a lot better off than I am right now. So I'll go back. Listen, he went back with a servant mentality because he didn't think he'd be good enough to still yet be called the man's son. But you have to understand, he was born to be the man's son. He never was born to be a servant. Hallelujah. He was born a son. And because he was born a son, when he come back home, he got the treatment of a son. When he come back and he made his wrongs right, the father said, kill the fatted calf. Let's have a celebration. My son who was lost, has come back home. Hallelujah. And when you see the power of God begin to manifest itself, listen, church, we are Satan better be careful. God's opening up the eyes. People whose weight went away, devalued herself, but God never devalued them. You're still a son. If you ever was a silver dollar, you always will be a silver dollar. I may have fallen, devil. I may have failed many times. But I've risen tonight. Huh? I might have been like Samson and my eyes might have been put out for a while. But the Holy Spirit come upon me and my hair began to grow back out. And he began to fill that Nazarite vow. And he's beginning to reach back there. He began to say, Lord, just have mercy on me. Lord, one more time, let me be able to fight the devil like I used to fight him. And they let him out that day into the big, big arena, and he's going to have a great big celebration because the God had this man who had destroyed all their people and destroyed their gods was now blind. But they didn't see what was happening inside him because it's not what always is happening on the outside. It's what's happening on the inside. And the inside will bring the outside to subjection. And so now here's the, here's the man. He's down there and he says, lad, Samson must have been in there before. Put my hands on the pillars that hold up this building. He put his hands on them. And then he begins to pray. Lord, just once more. Once more, Lord. Forgive me. Let me rise and try one more time. And here's where Samson made his greatest defeat is when Samson become willing to die. In other words, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Samson had to die to his own self-will 
And when a man dies to his own self-will, Satan better be careful. Oh, when a man realizes it's not what I want, but it's what the Lord Jesus wants. And Samson said, Lord, I'm ready to die with you. And he took his hands and he pushed them out and he had the greatest victory he ever had. Listen, church, because no weapon formed against a child of God will ever prosper. God will give you victory when you need victory. He'll give you strength when you need strength. He'll give you deliverance when you need deliverance. Brother Jason, but I got an affliction in my body. I've had it for 25 years. God should have already delivered me. You need to die to your own self-will and say, Lord, not my will, your will. And you might be like Apostle Paul when God says, my grace is sufficient. Huh? God knows what each one of us needs this evening. He knows what all of our trouble is. He knows all of our cares. And he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Musicians come this evening. May our hearts be clean. May they be pure before God. Before we take the Lord's Supper this evening. Let's stand. Let's talk to the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just spoke what you placed on my heart this evening, Lord. I pray, God, that it's an encouragement to your people. That no matter what the devil throws at them, they can look back at the devil and say, Satan, be careful. You're dealing with a predestinated church, predestinated bride in this hour who's predestinated to take a rapture in this day in the middle of Satan's eating. I might not be the biggest and I might not be the strongest, but I am a child of God and I am filled with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, whatever the devil throws our way, God, may we stand there shoulder to shoulder with one another. And Lord, may we press the battle even further, Lord, and harder and stronger than we ever have before. Lord, we come to you this evening. And we ask you, Lord, that you would take us tonight, God, as we give ourselves to you, Lord. May you bless the rest of the service, God, whatever the pastor has to say, the music, Lord. Oh, God, as we've come here to commune with you tonight, may you move upon our hearts, oh, Lord. Take us back to Calvary. Let our minds be thankful, Lord, for what you've done for us this evening. And God will be careful to give you the glory. And we thank you for the promise of your word where you put promises in there, God, that we can draw strength off of. And no weapon formed against the bride in this hour will ever be able to stand. Lord, we thank you for these things tonight. Bless your people tonight, Lord. We thank you for the attentiveness, Lord, and the amens and all that they've given, God. I ask you, Lord, you'd bless this church richly. May you bless the pastor. Lord, may you bless all those that are part, Lord. May you bless it, Lord, with every blessing possible to be bestowed upon it. God, we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.